SBN. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It is a Monday, not the way we really want to start the trading week. And we're going to talk about what has happened in these markets. No surprise, it really is an outside market influence type of trade day. And I think one of the best statements, and I think it really fits true, is your backyard is not the market. It's so easy to get focused in on what you're seeing in your fields compared to what's happening all across the growing areas. And we were just talking about that with some other farm broadcasters about the soybean market and wondering, is it all coming out of the eastern Corn Belt with the questioning of those WASDE numbers from Friday? We're going to talk about and get all the details about really what's been happening in the trade today with Darren Fessler. Darren, of course, with Lakefront Futures. And Darren, you got to start out here. Outside markets definitely had a big influence on what we saw in the trade today. Oh, there's no question about it. We really started... Uh, we started off last night uh, on a sour note with with wetter uh, perceived models coming into play here, especially wetter Euro. Granted, I, I'm still very much in the camp that these things have to materialize here. We're already getting to the middle of August, and you know the damages has been done on the corn, especially I think in eastern part of Nebraska. Now I think we're going to salvage what what's out there, maybe help you know increase some of those test weights. But again, I I think that it's not too late at the moment here to have a pretty good saving rain for some of these beans. It may not be up to what. Uh, maybe APH was or maybe the last couple of years, but I, I definitely think that a good rain here and there this week, maybe next week, can definitely uh, definitely save this crop. But again, th- this was an outside influence of poor economic uh, numbers out of China overnight, and then you had poor data out of Germany as well. And it just a spillover effect with crude oil and then obviously in the grains. But again, this was a market that you're still going to have that backdrop of uh, of Friday's numbers, Friday's was, you know, with the corn and even the beans with that assumption that, you know, how much can the eastern corn belt pull its weight versus the west, especially if Iowa and parts of Nebraska have been very, very dry. I still think there's a big question with the bean yield, and I think that that's some of the reasons why at one point here today's session, you've seen beans over 30 cents off the lows. Now, granted, it was still an ugly session, down almost 40 cents, uh, but again, it's how we finish the session. It's still ugly, but we had some optimism um, throughout the day's trade. We're coming well off the lows, and we have crop progress later on here. I do think these conditions are going to decline. So could we say a big part of the, the outside market pressure came from those energies, though, when you look at the overall big picture? Yeah, I, I do. I, I've been tracking the crude oil and corn, and I've been saying this on social media quite a bit. I, if you are a corn bull, which every producer is, then you have to be bullish crude oil. And I, I think that when you start seeing the, the housing market continue to deteriorate in China uh, and their economic numbers starting to soften, um, then you have that backdrop of what, what's happening along with crude oil. Um, it, it's really hard for corn corn to rally, regardless of what the production losses may be, when you have a market and a, and a global macro issue that is a flight to safety trade into the U.S. dollar, you know, that's, you've got to look at what it does versus the Brazilian real. Um, that obviously in itself makes our exports a little bit weaker. So my, the question I have going forward is, one, I, I do think the, the, the U.S. yield comes lower on corn and beans. 
how much of that production um, losses get offset with weaker export demand um, in, in the subsequent months ahead here? Like, let's say that November through uh, February time frame. That's, that's where I'm a little bit uh, questioning what maybe the USA has at the moment here, especially if Brazil gets planning off to a good start, if that U.S. dollar continues to go higher, because I'm st- still in the camp that the Federal Reserve is going to raise rates regardless of what's going on in the economy. So how much, and, and you know I've had this conversation before, but weekly crop progress reports, I will have another one out this afternoon. How much do you bank on what those good to excellent numbers or very poor to poor numbers are? You know, it's, it's something I don't bet the farm on. I, I think it's, I think to me, uh, from much more of a, a market perspective, I, I think it's a talking point than it is uh, you know a big market mover either way you know i think the biggest thing in the market is we all assume with hot dry conditions crop conditions are going to decline i i think much more of it, it, it how big is the momentum on either side of it whether it's bullish or bearish and and what happens over the next say two to three weeks um I think that given that the, the half of the nation's corn crop, bean crop, was planted in the back half of May, I, I think it gave the USA some justification of being very conservative with their numbers, um, and, and meaning that I don't think they were going to hit the throttle and lowering these yields of corn or beans. I, I think the September be, becomes much, much more important for the market and October. We're going to have much more data out there. The crop is going to be further along, but I, I am very, very concerned um, how this summer has played itself out across the western corn belt. Um, southwest Nebraska is not going to be good. Um, parts of central Nebraska aren't be good. I mean, there's just so many crops that even last week that I had seen that's just now starting to tassel in parts of York County. Uh, it, it's just, these are high production areas areas that uh, they're going to have a big question market uh, market uh, on it for the next uh, couple of weeks for sure. Not to mention all the talk that we've heard about seed corn and just seed in general, what issues that might bring. So there's a lot of factors that are going to weigh into this fall and unfortunately next year's growing season as well. No, yeah, absolutely. I, I think we got to see what the combines say at the end of the day. Good thing to think about. We'll stick around, folks. We come back. We've got a lot more to look at as we continue to take a look at what was a down type of Monday. Does it set the tone for the rest of the week, or is this just going to be a downward blip on the radar? Is there a turnaround Tuesday, maybe just around the corner? We'll find out what's going to happen as we continue taking a look at today's trading numbers. It's the Monday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. At Fontenelle Hybrids, we hear a lot from our customers and dealers that we have a family feel to our organization. Just ask Doug Bartek, a Fontenelle dealer at Wahoo, Nebraska. I feel Fontenelle is very family-oriented. They care a great deal about their customers and provide updates on what could be occurring out in the field and what to watch out for. I feel fortunate to work with a great group of people who provide a quality product. For more on being part of the Fontenelle family, just go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow Grain Marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide label director VN. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Borough Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing our conversation this afternoon with Darren Fessler with Lakefront Futures. So the big question, is tomorrow a turnaround Tuesday, Darren? You know, I I certainly think it can be. uh, I liked how corn battled back here today. I like how beans battled back as well. Uh, Again, I, I think that the trade 
in general is looking for uh, a lower conditions. I'm I'm certainly in that camp. Um, depending on if we get a surprise number on conditions, I do think uh, if we come in here two or three percent below last week, I do think that's supportive uh, towards this market into Tuesday's trade. Again, the, the biggest thing I'm watching here uh, technically on corn is is if we can maintain uh, you know six twenty four, six twenty five. On the four hour, that's you're going to be your four hour, 20 day moving average. And really, that's a momentum moving average for me. It's really going to signal, okay, is the momentum still backing this trade? And so far, right now, it certainly is. Um, even though we were down 14 at the settle here on D's Cornet, the momentum is still in the bearish uh, or in the bullish camp here until we get multiple closes uh, uh, below it. And so for right now, I, I think the trade is still gathering its its wits about Friday's uh, Friday's numbers and and what potentially could happen in the months ahead. But at the end of the day, I, I think corn in, in general. Um, is in a in a sweet spot here. I, I think it's probably somewhere between six ten and probably six eighty. We could just be end up chopping along here um, in, until until the combines start rolling, uh, or unless conditions get much worse from here. But it, you know, I, I think it's going to get hard for the the conditions decline a whole heck of a lot more unless we get into the nineties, mid nineties again. But we're already in the in the back half of this season. So again, I, I think that you know what we're seeing here is is supportive on the condition side, but the big other thing I'm watching is you gotta watch the global macro picture. Uh, I think regardless of what happens with the production side here in the States, it's the global macro issue that's going to weigh on traders, weigh on this market. Keep a shadow or a dark cloud above the bean market, especially when you have an unannounced um, trip uh, to Taiwan with some U.S. delegations, uh, you know, that, you know, the, the relationship with China, it, it, we're on shaky ground there. And, it, you know, China could step in here one week and say, you know what, we're not buying U.S. beans for right now. And boom, we're off $2 before we knew it hit us. I, I, I think that's the risk here when you're at 14 plus dollar beans. So, and I want to, before we jump over to the livestock, I wanted to re uh, go back to the statement that you had earlier. It's manage what you can in this trade, but your backyard is not the market. And it's so hard to keep emotions out, but we've got to look at the global picture, especially this year. It, it, it is. And I, I fully understand and I get the producer's perspective. It's, it's very, very difficult to you know, you, you see your crop, it's not getting the rains, you know, and you look at Iowa, parts of Iowa look really good. And boy, why isn't, why isn't the market going in the direction? I, I don't have the crops here. You know, it's, that's where, that's where your backyard is not the market comes into play, but it's, it's one of these things where it, it's a, we're such a globally traded commodity here. And the, the biggest thing I think for producers at this point, it's just managing what you can and putting price targets or, you know, if you feel like, you know, maybe I don't have that crop, but I still want to try to protect some of these gains that we've seen simply buying some very, very uh, simple puts or buying put spreads, keeping the uh, keeping the, the margin at, you know, at bay here, not, you know, not risking a whole lot on the margin side of things or just having some price targets if you know you're undersold. Um, just to keep yourself in the ball game as well. But 
at the end of the day, it, it, it is a global macro picture that I that I that I believe in the second half of this year it is going to become more violent as far as the equity markets are concerned, and I, I do think that will spill over to commodities. I'm not saying commodities collapse by any means. But if crude oil starts falling in a much bigger way, yeah, I think it's going to be very, very difficult for, uh, say, corn or beans uh, to really maintain the strength that's been on the last, say, six months. But in general, watch the wheat market. I think the wheat is starting to try to find a bottom. I think that could be very, very encouraging here for the, uh, the December contract. So looking at the livestock side before we wrap up, uh, you had made a statement that cattle has had a good run. Is that run over with for a while? No, no, I, I don't think so. I, I think the longer term picture on cattle, I think it's it's very, very strong. We've had a nice run on cattle, so see a little bit of break here in prices are not shocking by any means. Again, I think it's one, it comes down to the economies of the world, especially the U.S. with the cattle market. But you think longer term here, and the drought that's going on in parts of the cattle country, and these, these, these fundamentals are getting stronger in cattle, I think, by the day, by the week, by the month. Good. What is the best way for folks to get a hold of you? 312-858-3668 is my direct number. All right. That has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind folks, commodity futures and options involve a substantial risk of loss not suitable to all investors. And that has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. It's been brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all the local dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradionetwork.com or wherever you subscribe at your favorite platform. That is today's Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network.